That's right, everybody. It's that time of the week again, bitch. Time for another ridiculous episode of Old School, New School Comedy Podcast. And I am your trash-talking host, Christy Miller. And with me this week, he said not to say this, is my very best friend in the whole wide world. People, let me tell you about my best friend. He's a cold black motherfucking asshole to the end. I love him. He, you will see him, you have seen him, I should say, in the movie Tomorrow's Today, which streams on all platforms. And his new movie's coming out this year called The Wild Girls, which is really hilarious. He's probably one of the top comics in New York or the country. I don't care. I'm, I'm biased, so whatever. Whatever. Um, he's probably the best comedian, the best writer, and um, I'm honored to call him my best friend, Mr. Teddy Smith. Oh, that was so I know you didn't think I was talking about you, did I? <laughs> no, I was like, who the hell is she talking about? <laughs> but that was nice. That was good. Right? See? Shut your motherfucking mouth and let me do my shit. And I'm I cannot. not used to you being nice to me. Oh, God. You were mean black. <laughs> hey. Oh, I'm not supposed to say end. <laughs> you know, you can say whatever you want. This is, there is no holds barred here. But they know that you are black, motherfucker. Do they? Not? Yes, they do. Mm-hmm. They, the white don't fool sorry. I can't. Oh. See what I got to put up with, everybody? He's got his glasses on like like he Miles Davis. I just flew in from Hollywood. Oh, God. Hollywood, Hollywood, Florida? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like that. That's old school shit. <laughs> it's old school, new school. So how you been, Christy? I don't know. I haven't talked to you in, what, a half hour? Yeah. <laughs> Usually we talk for like six hours. I know, it's terrible. So this one will be like 45 minutes. Yeah, so this will be like this one This will be short. Yeah, this will be like saying hi and then goodbye. I know, I've never <laughs> talked to you for like 45 minutes. You so, are a talker. So uh, at Teddy Smith is a comedy legend here in L.A. and in New York. And um, I like to refer to him as Tedward L. Smith of the Riverdale, Maryland Smith. <laughs> Once I get my check, you can say that. <laughs> what, your your wick check? Right now, I'm Teddy. <laughs> oh! <laughs> no, you are. Uh, how long have you been doing stand-up now? Tell the children. Uh, none of your inward business. You can say that on the show. It's okay. I've had other... I've had other people of color on the show that have used oh, yeah. it. Yeah. yeah You're not the only person of color on yeah, the show. Yeah, you get in trouble. But, you know. No, I say it, I get in trouble. You, you, you say it, it's fine. All right. Okay. <laughs> none, none of your nigger business. <laughs> no. I've been doing it for, what, 30? This be this year be 34 years. 34 years? Yeah. Wow. Wow. I know. Damn. What, what, why are you going to say it like that? Because. How long have you been doing it? 28. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) Grandma. (laughs) I hate you. (laughs) 28 years. You must be in your 60s. 70s. (laughs) Look, 80. Uh, Oh, fuck you, asshole. Oh. 28 years? What is that? Two older than the girls you sleep with? Oh, my. (laughs) I was waiting for that shit. (laughs) 
<laughs> Teddy's like share. <laughs> Twelve and under kids eat free. <laughs> That's a lie. <laughs> so uh, the movie I'm doing called The Wild Girls. It's a funny movie. I play a mountain man. You know, it's not a stretch. Uh, you just said I was like small. So you're petite. Yeah, we'll say it like. It's not like I have a boyfriend. But uh, <laughs> it is Hollywood. I play a mountain man that uh, I rescue these two uh, socialites that get lost in the wilderness. For those of you who don't know what socialite means, it means pretty white girl. Oh, yeah. They are pretty. <laughs> but, <laughs> so uh, they get lost in the wilderness and they get attacked by a wolf and then the bear tries to eat them and I save them from the bear and then they're like, oh, thank you. And I'm like, all right, whatever, get the fuck out of here. And I don't like them, you know, because I don't like people. Like, kind of like yeah. real life. Yeah, you, know? you live like that. Yeah, I live like that for real. <laughs> yeah. So I, You're I very get off my property, Whitey. <laughs> <laughs> and I teach them, you know, how to survive in the wilderness. Mm -hmm. We become, you know, closer. You know, I show them how to eat bugs and trap rabbits and raccoons and uh, shoot the guns and stuff like that. So basically, this was filmed in the South Bronx. <laughs> <laughs> so when is that coming out? Uh, this summer. But it's shot in the wilderness, which is cool. You know, it's a nice... The sea of, like, you know, we know, like, Central Park and stuff like that. That's not really the wilderness, but... That's like going to the zoo for white yeah, people. But this is, the like, real wilderness. Yeah. Like, I remember where I was a scene where they told me to go over and step on this log and tell the girls to come follow me. Mm -hmm. so I'm like, come follow me! And then... Did you really say it like that? No, I just said, get your white ass. That's <laughs> not fucking around. <laughs> yeah. It was a snake I did not know about. And a real snake? A real snake. Nice. So it was like black and blue, and it was like, shh. It, it, like, it, it caught me off guard. I was like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> I was like, go fuck on me. Everybody was laughing, and the director's like, cut, cut. <laughs> he, he can't use that. You can't scream like a bitch. Scream like a bitch. <laughs> I like motherfucker. There's a snake. It wasn't poisonous. I'm like, how do I know? Yeah, I'm black, motherfucker. Yeah. You don't understand. Yeah. We, we run, scream, and then ask questions. I didn't want to find out later on. I'd be laid up in the hospital, like, oh, that you had the leg amputated. Yeah. I guess I should have ran. Should have ran. <laughs> like most black people do when they see a snake. Do they? Yes, they. No, we don't even go in the woods. I know. That's what I'm saying. How would you know what a snake looks like? <laughs> we stay away from the woods. <laughs> White people love the woods. Oh, we love the wilderness. We climb mountains. We go in the snow in a bikini. You know, we don't. We're just fucking. Warm. We are. White people are the hold my beer of human species. <laughs> yes. It's, it's so funny. <laughs> we they, really are. Not, they're so afraid of people, black people and Latinos, but then they go in the woods and fuck with bears. Yeah. Shit. Yeah, because they're not taking our jobs. Fucking our dollars. You ain't white. What did Paul Mooney say to you? Dare you. Ah. <laughs> Tell the people I Dude, can't say what, what. Yes, you can. What? Which Before story? He said uh, when he called, he left a message on your machine. Oh my God! Okay. Voice too. Okay. Um, I can't say the word that he said though. I'll say he, he said black. 
Jesus. No, he did not. He said the N word. Okay, just leave that part. I will. I'll just. Well, I'll just end it. Cause I have to hit you. You say, Oh my God. God. I will Rodney King your ass to death. That is racist. <laughs> so the story is, um, I did Dice's album cover. Andrew Dice plays album cover face down, ass up. Mm -hmm. So when that album was released in 2000. Uh, on the Sunset Strip was the Tower Records building. It's very historic. The building's still there, but it's been gutted and renovated into some bullshit. But Tower Records was a symbolic, like a historical site on Sunset Boulevard. So they had billboards up and all this stuff around over the, the record store and on the side of the building and all that stuff. So when Dice's album came out, it was on a big billboard over Sunset Boulevard on t by Tower Records. And Paul Mooney was driving his big Cadillac down Sunset towards the comedy store. And he calls my house. And this is back when we had landlines and voicemails. So I wish I could have been able. I saved that message as long as I could. But I wish I still had it. And I get home. And I listen to it. And I listen to my messages. And all I hear is, boop, homie. I just saw your big fat N-word ass on Sunset. <laughs> oh, big fat white N-word ass on Sunset. <laughs> call me back. <laughs> I love that story. It's so funny. It's just such a moony call. Like, not, hey, not, hey, how are you? What are you doing? Homie, I just saw your big fat white N-word ass on Sunset. Call me back. <laughs> I love that story. <laughs> it's such a great story. It's so funny because it's like, who else? Who in the world would have Paul Mooney call and say that? You know what I mean? I like, legend. I remember when I first met you. Oh, God. Tell Bro a story. Broadway comedy. Tell the story. Tell it like you did the night of the album. <laughs> Brutally yours on my team. I heard her on stage, and she was talking shit. I was like, who's that nigga on stage? <laughs> and I look in the room, there's a white lady on stage talking <laughs> shit. <laughs> busted ass. <laughs> when you said busted ass, <laughs> I said she's been around. A lot of black people. <laughs> well, Paul she, Mooney is a lot of I black said, people. She's been to the uh, the cookouts. Oh yeah. Oh, I was like, oh my god, you got and you had that edge to you. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably why you don't get a lot of work. Rude. <laughs> <laughs> I love it when he cracks himself up. <laughs> <laughs> Hit a soft spot, didn't I? How dare you? How dare you say I don't get any work? How dare you? They are afraid of you. Yep. You're too strong. Mm-hmm. Tone it down. Fuck you. Ooh. You need to tone it that up. That was not nice. You ain't. You ain't shit. <laughs> <laughs> Last night, uh, I was in New Jersey and uh, I was doing this gig in South Amboy and Joey Diaz showed up because I was there. And that's another one of your boys. That's my dude, Uncle Joey. And he popped in to surprise me and uh, and I was like, Uncle Joey, you gonna go up? He was like, no, no, I ain't been on stage in years. And I'm like, all right, whatever. And then I went up and just destroyed this place. And then I got off stage. I know, it's weird to know that I can destroy a room. <laughs> Okay. And <laughs> so I get off stage and this other kid goes on after me and then Joey was like fired up and he told the, the club show booker producer guy and he goes, put me on next. And I'm like, yeah, Uncle Joey's back. And he went up and just murdered. 
Because I told him, I said, dude, it's just like, think about sitting on the steps at the comedy store, the belly room stairs outside in the parking lot. And we're all sitting there and hanging out. And you're holding court telling the most crazy ass shit that you've been in. And we're all dying laughing. I could just be Uncle Joey. And then he's like, I'm going up. And, I was, and he did. And he just murdered. And it was great. It's different, right? New York, the scene. The scene is so different. It's so different. It's because I think what it is is that I, I think I figured it out because, you know, I come from the comedy store and we're such a family. And there was only three clubs coming up when I started. So either you were comedy store, you were improv, or you were laugh factory. And the comedy store, I always used to say, was the jazz club. We used to call it the land of the misfit toys. You know, we were the degenerates. We were Animal House, you know, out of the sea of, like, frats. We were Animal House. And, you know, if you were at the comedy store, it's because you, the comedy store was where you belonged. Not You didn't fit in in the corporate, stuffy, cruise ship world of the improv or the Wayans Brothers world of the Laugh Factory. So we were just all this family. And even if you weren't on or you didn't have a spot, you still came and hung out, and it was like... You were supposed to be there. Out here, I think, because the scene is so big, and there's so many clubs, and there's thousands of comics in New York, and I think it's just like, instead of like clubs that we hang out in, and you're like, you know, you're the house comics, or you're the paid regulars of that club, it's more of the cliques hang out, because like your friends, like we roll together, and it's not so much a club thing, it's a clique thing, a comic thing. Like whoever you go on the road with, whoever you roll with, you kind of stick to your pack. Because I think it's just so big that there's no real home anymore. And I think I was never with a click. I know you're a loner. I know. I I would do my sh- I would do my shit. Mm-hmm. Get my money in bank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One time I saw Rich Voss, uh-huh. and he's like, I was like, Hey, Rich. He's like, Hey, Tenny. And then quiet silence. And he's like, Just like the old times. I was talking to you. I was like, Damn. Was well, that bad? Yeah, I used to. Yeah, I yep. do my shit and just get my money and leave. I didn't want to hang out with nobody. That's probably why nobody wants to hang out with me right now. Except for you, because you don't have no friends. I got nothing. I, I got plenty and nothing, and nothing's all right with me. I'm better than I used to be, though. I'm a little. I'm, I'm a little better. I talk a little to people bit. now. You do. You. Show. Yeah. I talk to. People. I yell at you. You better talk to people. It's hard. Well, you're such an introvert. It's just, no, it's not that. Yes, it is. Because people are stupid. Yeah, but th- welcome to Earth. Like, I would talk to people and then I'd leave like, what the f-? Well, that's why they're in the position they are in today. And that's why. <laughs> I love that saying. <laughs> that's Richard Pryor. Yeah. Uh, it's just, you know, you got to remember, we're on a different, comics are on a different level and a different wavelength. We see the world differently. We're wired different than regular people. So regular people can't do what we do. So to talk to us is like fascinating to them. We're like, we're like, a, like an, an exhibit at the zoo or an art exhibit. Like, ooh. We're strange. Comics are strange. Yeah, because we're wired different. We're strange people. We look at the world in different eyes than a regular person. You know, we're very observant. We see things that no one sees. You know, we pick things out. We're able to take a simple thing and turn it into like a five, ten minute bit. I know, it's cr- and we see everything in jokes and, mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah. Everything, like, I just walk around looking, and I'm like, okay, that, oh, what would, what would happen if this, you know, this situation happened, and why does that person do that? And I, and I, and I start mm-hmm. thinking, 
why would they do that? And I go deep, sometimes too deep. Yeah. You know, and then it loses. When you get too deep, you can lose the funny. Then it yeah. can bring it back. Yeah. Okay. I know. I just make up a backstory about people because, like, where they're at at that moment, I'm like, how did they get there? But you got to keep it simple. Yeah. If you get too deep, then it becomes like. Because that's the way I am. Like, I can see a homeless person. Uh huh. Laying there and just laying in the dirt, and he'll look up, up, look up at me, right? And I look in his eyes, and I can feel mm-hmm. like he's talking to me. He's not saying anything, but I hear him talking to me. Mm-hmm. I can feel it. Yeah. And I know there's more than him just. He's just a lazy bum. No, you know he doesn't want to work. It's more than that. And I do feel so deep. It's people. That's that when people say people like that are a lazy bum, it's just because they don't want to deal with the situation at hand. Yeah. They don't want to face it. They don't want to drugs and alcohol. Yeah, oh fuck. Well, that's what you're doing. Yeah, and you got a job. You got a job. You ain't got no worries like he got. Right? He deserves it. <laughs> this motherfucker eating out of a trash can. I think he deserves some drugs and alcohol. I think at those missions, instead of soup, they should hand out drugs and alcohol. Look. <laughs> sometimes, sometimes I think about it, like, I don't really do it a lot. But, you know, sometimes life gets you where I need something. I need something to get, just to get me by today. Sure. You know, and like people like you, you're strong enough. You're like, you just take it. Yeah, well, I, I, I get, um, I deal with things in my way. You know, it's not necessarily drugs or alcohol because that's not my thing. See, that's the thing. Everybody deal with yeah. it in their way, but people don't like you to deal with it in your way. You got to deal with it my way. Yeah, because if, if you do that, then it, especially if it's a dysfunctional way, it validates their bullshit and continues and it codependents them into keeping on the bullshit. Like for me, I just deal with reality in reality terms. I take my ego out of it. I'm, you know, I get, I'm done when I was young. I'm done getting overwhelmed and frantic and panicked. I'm just like, you know what? It is what it is. Yeah. I just got to deal with it. You just got to shut up and deal with it and then handle it later because everything is temporary. So I don't really trip. See, I use a stage. Like yeah. when shit bothers me, mm-hmm. m- m- majority of my material is stuff that irritates me. Yeah. And I, I just don't understand why people do it. So I go on stage and I yep. talk about it. I get it out of my system. Yeah, that's beautiful. I go on stage for therapy too, but I just go on to like bust chops and laugh and forget you're about good at that shit. I'm not good at that. I hurt people's feelings. You're you, good at Because you're shit. mean. I know, you're good at you're it. You're a mean you can, you can man. Make, man, you can make people laugh at themselves. That's the beautiful thing. Dude, I... You can do that. I ha- it's it's because for me it's coming lighthearted because I look at things lighthearted because I don't take shit so serious. I don't. It's too much. Like life is hard enough. Why get bogged down in bullshit when you, you have your own shit? Why why take on more is my motto. But I like to break balls and I can get I get away with murder on that stage. Last night I did a couple of bits that was like, holy shit! No other comic would be able to get away with that. Maybe Joey Diaz. You know, because he did it also. Right. But, you know, but we both are come from a loving place. It's not from a malicious, mean place or an insult to put down and destroy. It's from a uplifting and I make them to be the hero. And so does Joey. The way, you know, it's just like the way you tell a story. You make that, that, that thing you're insulting, you make them to be the hero of the story. And then it becomes, you know, that's how you can get away with it. See, I'm very sarcastic. You're mean. No, I'm just like, <laughs> I'm like, I make, you know, I flip it. You know? Yeah. 
You know what I mean? I just I make you look at the other side because that's the way I am. Always look at the other side. Yeah, but that's where the funny is. Looking at the other side is where the funny is. And that's and that's how I roast people is looking at the other side. People usually roast people to put them down and insult them. I roast them to make them the hero. And that's how I get away with such insanity that I say. Because you look mean. Oh, you motherfucker. You soft as ice cream in the sun. You are. You got a soft heart, though. You really, you're a sweet person. I appear to be sweet, but I'm not really sweet. Oh, you're evil. I am. I'm Yoda. Don't get on my bad. Don't get on my bad. Yeah, don't get on my bad. You're Darth Vader, and I'm Yoda. All right. <laughs> but I treat you the way you treat me, yeah. and I feel like you're disrespecting me. Then coming at me. Yeah. You treat me the right way. I will mm-hmm. treat you the right. And that's. But that's life. I do it too. If you disrespect me, I just don't treat you at all. Yeah. You just don't exist to me. I don't waste any energy on that bullshit. Bye. Yeah, you're good at that. Yeah, I don't give a fuck. I can't let it go. I only I care about I the. I can't let it go. I know you, you know, are. I know I vengeful no, bitch. I am. I'm, you are that I'm life addictive. You are that lifetime television for women <laughs> villainous that you fucked my husband. I'm killing everybody I'm, in the house. I'm the burning bed. <laughs> All right, Miss Fawcett. I know. I got that. It's that thing in me. Yep. I don't know. I just can't let it. Like you, even if you like say you don't choose me. I don't forget that shit. And then when it's time for you to choose me, I'm like, remember that time, remember, bitch? Remember 25 years? <laughs> when I was trying to put it in you? <laughs> That's sexual. I was talking about other things. You always gotta go sexual. Well, it's always that way with you. It's been a while, hasn't it? For you? I'm gonna punch him in the eye. Swear to God, I'm gonna knock his fucking eyeballs. You know, people always say that if you talk about sex. Well, you haven't had sex. That's why you keep talking about. It. No, because it's funny and it makes you uncomfortable. No, I figured the 25 years ago was by some unfunny open mic white bitch. 25 years. That's what you just said. I said you, me. Yes, I said like 25 minutes. Oh, stop it. <laughs> you are prude. Two months ago. You are prude. No, my man left. You know what he? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, shut up. I hate you. I fucking hate you. What time is it? Is this show over yet? What time? I can't even read the fucking time on this bitch. Uh, yeah, you used to be in love. Ooh, my man. I'm like, give me that pencil. Ooh, my man got a pencil just like that. <laughs> Ooh, my man tried to call just like that. Like, oh, God. He did not. Yes, you did. He dicked you down. He did. No. That's when you know it's real. When the woman just admits it. Mm-hmm. He did. He did. I know. I, I'm not in the hide. So apparently he did. You are honest. You real. I know. Yeah, I don't have anything to hide. Why? That's stupid shit to lie about. Yeah, I was in love with him. Yep. And then he ghosted. And then he tried to come back almost a month later at 12.30 at night texting, are you awake? That's hilarious. Yeah, I'm woke, bitch. I'm woke to your bullshit. That's a man thing, though. We do that shit. And then when I didn't respond, he never called out again. So he knows he fucked up. So he knows I'm pissed. So good. I ghost women. And then, like, later on, I go, hey, what you doing? (laughs) You are so shady. You ain't shit. (laughs) My dick, like, go ahead. Just text her. Ask how she doing. 
Fuck that. You wake up, your Ow. dick. I want to talk to her. Just talk to her, motherfucker. No, your dick grabs your phone and starts texting. You're like, hey. Hey. No hands. No, you can see. I, I'm sorry, honey. I dick dialed you. <laughs> like a butt <laughs> dial. <laughs> but, you know, we act like we're all tough and everything. Awesome. So, mm -hmm. Fuck that. I ain't going to. You know, and then. When talk about, about it with dude, somebody. Well, when, when people get, like, when dudes get rejected, yeah, baby, can I get your number? No, well, fuck you, bitch. I don't want your number know how. You ain't all that. You ain't all that, you dyke. And I'm like, damn. <laughs> I'm like, shit. That's the power of no. I know. Remember you was, when you were walking the streets and the brothers pulled up? And oh, God, I hate you. Christine. <laughs> Christine's walking the streets. <laughs> About what four brothers pull up in the car and say, Damn! <laughs> that white girl built like us. <laughs> Damn! <laughs> that shit made me laugh like 20 minutes. I wasn't even offended by it. I was just screaming, laughing. Oh my God. That shit was so funny. Damn! Damn! That white girl built like us. You blew his mind. He was like, What kind of white girl is that? What is she eating? <laughs> White girls got they get in the butts now. Yep. Well, See they're, on Instagram. They, they, well, them bitches are cheating. Oh, they cheating? They're cheating with them BBLs and shit. Oh, I actually squat heavy and deadlift heavy. No. Uh, oh. Them bitches are getting fat transfers. It's called a butt, you know, Brazilian butt lift. Oh, God. That's all fake shit. It's all plastic or they mm. get butt implants. Some of them actually have implants put in their ass. Oh, uh, that's it. Like a breast implant. I know that's, I'm not in love with them anymore. Or any less. <laughs> I'm not jerking off to any of those no more again today for the eighth time. I'm not going to go home and spank it later to their plastic asses. Nope. Not no more. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. You get no more strokes out of me. I bet. Okay, you know it's creepy when a dude says strokes when he's talking about jerking off. You know, I can't say it. I know, because you're a bitch. Uh, oh, yo, whoa, whoa, bitch oh. ass. Hey, fuck. Hey. <laughs> you go too far. No. Well, guys, I remember back in the day, guys didn't, jerking off was like bad. You didn't let nobody know it, because they're like, ooh, you're not getting none. You know, if you jerked off, you say, yeah, I jerk off. Like, yeah, yeah. It was like, guys guys used to hide that shit. See, but now they're all open. Like, I fucking jerk off this morning before coffee. See, I always grew up and I always like dudes. It was cool that dudes jerked off and you expected it. But if a girl jerked off, she was like, there's something wrong with you. No, I get mad. What are you jerking off for? I'm right here. We'll be right back. <laughs> Your girl's like, oh, I gotta play with myself. Like, let's take a run. You gotta. Well, maybe it's more pleasurable than all the fucking losers around her, huh? Really? Yes. Really? Yes. You just assume there's losers around. Maybe she's selfish. Right there. Me. Meadows. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was pointing at. You. Oh, oh. I... That's an old. That's an old. God, you're slow. It's like when you rub your nose and you're pointing at the I same time. Oh, God. You're retarded. Uh, oh, don't use that word. Oh, I, I get in trouble for using it. You can use you it. You talk about you it. You can yeah. use it because people are only going to give a shit what you say anyway. Oh, my God. They don't respect you. 
We're gonna go. There's about to be a death in the family. <laughs> I love it though. When you threaten me, it's I'm gonna beat your motherfucking ass. I wanna kill you, motherfucker. Say something fucked up, you give me that look like. Gonna die. Beat your ass. <laughs> you get that black mama. Like, <laughs> you messing up in church. <laughs> you you like, oh, shit. <laughs> Sorry. Don't look at her. Don't look at her. She's still like this. We're here for Jesus. Okay. Shut she, your motherfucking she, mouth for Jesus. She can't hit me in church. Jesus, look. <laughs> Jesus told me to beat you. How I did? Go ahead, smack that little motherfucker. <laughs> Jesus goes, uh, "Who do you think I'm telling to smack? I can't touch you." Did you go to church? Were you Catholic? Mm-hmm. Yep. What are you now? What are you? What religion? Ooh, got quiet. I'm. I'm I, I practice Christianity. Oh yeah. That means. I listen to my damn self. <laughs> so, with stand-up, how have you seen the scene change with all this technology? Because you started back in the early 1800s. So, how, how has technology affected your work? Good, bad? It, it affects a lot of older comics because we don't know what to do. Right. We're sitting around like, what the fuck? You know, and you see people working, and you're not working. Like, what the fuck? What am I going to do? And then people say, get on the social media and all that. And we're not, we're not used to it. You nope. don't know how to do it. We're we scared of it. it. Or yeah, it just, we don't know where to begin. It's, it's, yeah. it's hard. It's tough. Yeah. I always tell people, social media to an older person is like handing a rotary phone to a 12-year-old. Yeah. They don't know what the fuck don't that is or how to turn it on or what to do with it. And it's a whole different ball game of how to get work. Yep. It's it's completely changed. Love's like, you got your TikTok. No. I just got jokes. Yeah. <laughs> I've just been doing this for 34 years. <laughs> it's like, fuck me jokes. You got TikTok yeah. followers. We don't give a shit if you suck as long as you can put butts in seats. And yeah, it's all about the money. So it's always been about the money. Yep. And then it's funny because like when they get to that point, and all of a sudden, I saw, I I, predi- I told you this, I predicted it, clubs are going to start closing. And they already have. Yeah. There's a couple that have closed already in the city. Just couldn't, because they're not. See, but they're stuck in their ways, too. Yeah. Just like old comics stuck in their ways, you know. People just get stuck in their ways, and it can harm you, and you still won't get out of your own yeah, but not so much stuck in their ways in the old ways because the old ways they did the marketing, they put on great quality acts, and the show spoke for itself and built a reputation. Nowadays, these clubs are thinking, oh, let's just fire all the bookers, put these little 12-year-olds in place to book the rooms because they have their thumb on the algorithm comics. They know what's that. They have their pulse on what the kids are reacting that's to. That's what I mean, stuck in their ways. Yeah. Doing it that way, they won't change. They won't. People don't change. Even if they can be, the ship is sinking, they just won't change. Yeah, the, the Titanic's going down and you're still playing violin on the deck. Old comics, same way. Yeah. They're not getting work. And they're like, oh, these young comics get, you got to change. You got to do what they're doing. I'm not going to do that. You got to socialize. You got to be on social media. I ain't yep. doing that shit. All right, well, then you're going to be a broke motherfucker then. You ain't going to be working. Yep. 
the young the young comics know what to do. They, yeah, the really young comics are running it too. They're they're running the game, and I God bless them. Which they should, because you know some you know old dudes got old comics got to move out the way. Well, think about it when we started in the '90s that the old comics were bitching about us. They were. Yeah. Oh, the kids, you guys don't know Colin. I, I've been here since 1981, and I was here in the 70s. And I like it. I'm like, okay, but you haven't changed your act. None of them, none of them changed their act. I always call them the cult, like C U L T, the cult 45, <laughs> because they get their 45 minute set and they just stick with that, that and change. they work on it, and then they wonder why over the years nobody books them anymore because they haven't updated their act or even wrote a new joke, and we've heard it all. No one wants to come see the same old shit. But they never wanted to be great. No, they just wanted to make some money. They want. They were cubicle comics. They did just enough to get by on their nine to five. Great comics. When you have like that desire to be great, no joke you have is you satisfied with it. You always like. I feel like I gotta do better. Yeah. I'm in competition with myself. Yeah. Comics. I gotta do a better joke. Have a better set. And I got to deliver it a better way. I, I'm always evolving. I don't yep. want to stay because if I, I get, if I do the same joke, it's boring. You know, yeah, I, and then you don't tell it right. No, nope. and then you just kind of lose the the emotion behind it, and you just kind of phone it in while you're like, all right, let's just get through this one. Yeah, I mean, I've done shows where I'm like, let me just get my ch- get paid. Right. Like, I don't feel like doing it. And people think that you want to do stand up all the time, and no, no, you don't. Sometimes you don't feel like doing it, but. You have to do it, and that's when it becomes a job. Mm-hmm. As long as you love doing it, you have a great time, you know, and you still have that hope and everything, it's yeah. not a job, it's a career, and it's something that you love to do, but when you start saying, I just get my money and leave, that's sad. Yeah, when, yeah. That's it's, sad, that's sad. I always told myself, if it becomes not fun anymore, and it becomes a chore, I'm leaving. But it's funny because like now, oh, you motherfucker, I'm going to cut your fucking ear off, you son of a bitch. (laughs) This is how we talk to each other on the phone, people. And, uh, oh, you motherfucker. (laughs) I got to remember that song. Because she's a black motherfucker. Yeah. And she smell like cocoa butter. Well... And you will discover yeah. that Christie's a black motherfucker. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, black ass. Give it to me now. So stupid. I love this it. is how dumb we are. But um, like, but even like I was saying, like after 28 years, now I really love stand up. I really love the craft. I love good stand-up. I love doing it. And I think I love it more now than I did back then because I'm better at it now than I was when I first started. I was always good. Oh, God. It's true. I was always good. My God, I can't. I was perfect. When did you find your voice? What year? Hmm. I think... I, I I found layers of it, like around five six years. That's quick. I was fine. I was like, okay, and then when I hit like ten, the average ten eleven, you know, then then I really f- hit my stride, and then 
from 10 to 20, I really spent writing for that voice. And I remember at 10 years, I was 35, 36. Yeah, something like that. And then around that time, you know, I was here with Paul Mooney working at Caroline's. And one night, I think I was, I think it was like, maybe I was like 38 or something. And, and I had my voice and it was jamming and the shows were great. And then there was one point we all got there early. Mooney had a bunch of family and friends in town. So at Caroline's, there was that part when you walk to the back to the kitchen. Yeah. That hallway there where the bathrooms are. There was that strip where he, they had tables. And if some of us, like if the headliner or something had tables or had friends over and have dinner before the show, they would rope it off and put all the tables together in that little area and rope it off and make it like a little VIP section before the show. So it was Mooney and me and, and Rob and Montague and, and, and Stacy J when he was dating her and a whole bunch of family and friends were there. It was like probably like 20 of us maybe. And we're sitting there and there was one lady that was with Mooney and I just remember sitting there and I was talking to her as an older black woman and her and she was and we were laughing and talking and I just looked at her and she goes, How she she, she asked me something. I said, Bitch, I am tired. I am one tired hooker. And she started laughing. And I'm like, and it was just like another layer of that voice came off. And then I was like, aha. You know, and then like uh-huh. I built this whole thing about being tired and, and just exhausted. And even though it was like That's where it came. Mm-hmm. And that was from talking to her. And then I went on stage that night and I opened with it and it just destroyed. And uh, I said, I'm tired of all these bitches. I'm tired of these motherfuckers. I'm tired of this. And it just became this whole like five minute rant of being tired of the bullshit. And that's where like launched. And um, that's when it really, that voice found it's like got in the fast lane and just took off. And then from there it was like unstoppable. When did you find your voice? Was my first hit. I'm cocky son of a bitch. It took me like two minutes, twenty some years. Oh, really? Yeah, because I was just funny, but I didn't have a point of view. He didn't know who I was. He just, right. He's just a funny, you know, comic. I was just funny. Right. So, yeah, it took me a while to really trust that people can understand me. Mm-hmm. You know, because a lot of times you hide behind the jokes. And I tell comics, oh, don't hide behind the joke. You know, yeah. like, don't let the joke be you. You be the joke. Yeah, don't let it define you. Mm-mm. And I would just do funny shit and people laugh. And nobody actually came to me and go, you know, you need a point of view. You need people that people need to know who you are. No, they just like, you're great, you're good. And that's not good when people just keep telling you you're good because you no, don't learn anything. You, you don't, it actually degresses you. Like with all these comics that are surround, like these big names that are surrounded by yes men. Oh, you're the funniest. Yo, yo, you're the best. And then you don't, then you start believing your own bullshit. And then you sit there and revel in the smell of your own farts. And then you don't really write anything progressive or grow or really push yourself. You just kind of sit in that little kiddie pool and it just gets you know shallower and shallower until you just kind of like lose everything i think you know when i when i when i have a great set mm-hmm. when i know when i did really really good not just oh i did pretty good no when i did really good is i get off stage and i feel numb mm-hmm. and i'm like what the fuck did i just do what happened you channeled what yeah. yeah that's that's what it is yeah it's because you're sitting there like what and I'm quiet. People are like, hey, man. I'm like, what happened? 
Like I came out of my body. Yep. And then I came back in when I got off stage. It's like, what the fuck happened? That's when I know I did really good. Yep. When I get, that's why I record everything on my phone. I don't always video it, but I re- audio record it because I'm always working on shit. And I'll get off stage because I won't remember anything. Because I just go. And I'm like, what the fuck did I talk about? Like, what was that? Shit, I go, thank God I recorded it. Because it was a great set. I'm like, oh, I loved it. So I go back and I listen and I go, oh, okay. Then I'll take notes. But that's why I have to record everything. See, I don't record because I don't like to hear myself. Well, you need to stop. I don't like to listen. Motherfucker. I do it and that's it. It's done. It's done. No, you need to record it and log it. need to mind your nigga business. Oh, my. I'm going to punch you in the throat. I'm going to kick you in the dog throat, bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking asshole. I do not like recording. You record and you take notes and then you can delete. Yeah, when you first start doing comedy. Yeah, when you're writing stuff for a new special, Tedward L. Smith. Fucking idiot. When you're a uh, glorious open micer. Don't tell me about the women you sleep with. (laughs) How dare you talk about the bitches I sleep with. (laughs) Unfunny open mic white bitches. (laughs) Why do you put the white in there? You give me a bad reputation. No, you do that all on your own, darling. I do. Yes, you do. Oh, I do that. You, you know, I was thinking, yes, I was going to uh, hire a big, fat, white woman to be around me. So it, it would attract a lot of attention. You know, like people are like, ooh, he likes big, fat, white women. Everybody be talking shit about me and, and then become big and blow up. You know, that's how you blow up now. Just do some stupid shit. Stupid shit or do something that people don't like. If you do something people like and it's good, and nobody talks about you. You gotta do some shit that people don't like. You gotta yep. ruffle some feathers. Yep. So if I walk around with a big wrestler like white woman, <laughs> they're like, oh, <laughs> stop talking about me like I'm not in the room. Oh, and- you ain't no Damn. Feel like a sister motherfucker. Shut your black ass. Oh, shut your mouth. I will punch you in the limb. Lucky you strong. Yeah, you. You're lucky I'm strong, and I know I could beat your ass, and I'm going to hurt a little girl. And you got a nerd to call me your best friend. <laughs> you punk-ass motherfucker. This is this bad, though. It's bad that if you do bad shit, you get really yeah. popular. You get rewarded. Bad so what, behavior gets do, rewarded. Just like a kid. The kid that does the bad shit, everybody talks about, yep. everybody knows. Mm-hmm. The kid that does everything right. Who? Who? Yep. And that, that's the way it is. That way it is now in show business. Oh, well, that's how it's always been. I mean, Paris Hilton had her sex tape. She blows up. Everybody loves her. Then Kim Kardashian had to one up her. How come dudes don't blow up off of sex tapes? Nobody gives a fuck about the dudes. Do you think shit. people watch porn for the dudes? I do, but do you? you watch- uh, 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 but. But on a on a real scale, do you hear any fame? The only famous porn guys I know are all gay guys. Because women get paid more than men. And men yeah, because men watch. Porn. See that shit, and women complain about the workforce. Because women only get drive. paid more. <laughs> men are the WNBA in porn. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody gives a fuck about a dick. Oh, I shit. do. I love them. I love a good shaft. Shaft. <laughs> I'm just talking about shaft. Damn right. <laughs> but um. I love you so much. Who? Um, the dick. That too. Oh. Yeah. Okay. 
I love my Ted word. Oh, my best. People will bring death on this podcast. He's a cold, black hearted motherfucker to the end. People, let me tell you about my best friend. She's a black motherfucker. <laughs> you ain't shit. Ain't gonna be shit. Ain't gonna ever be shit. Never was shit. Christy Miller. Mm hmm. So I love wrapping up the show with two questions. It's over? Yep. Damn. I told you it goes fast. It does. I told, we're used to talking for eight hours a day on the phone. This is nothing. You just putting all our business out there. Oh, you motherfucker. Oh. You're talking about Steven, and that fucking out me on that. <laughs> Steven, <laughs> got you here. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, um, so I always wrap up the show with two questions, and the first question is. No. Ask a question. You better, I'll cut your mic off, motherfucker. <laughs> the first question is I got my young son in the car, and I don't appreciate that kind of language. <laughs> okay, the first question is Is there a bit a comic has done that made you go, damn, that was brilliant? I wish I had written that. And what was it? Besides all of my material, <laughs> I had to throw that in there. It, a regular comic or a famous famous regular don't matter it could be Richard Pryor it could be Bernie Mac it could be Paul oh Mac. Richard Pryor <laughs> <laughs> when he says about the dating white women okay do it do the bit do the bit I can't really I can't remember it right now oh, pressure's on but he's like uh, he said uh, he said uh, white uh, sister look at you killed your mama when you're out with a white woman mm -hmm. he said hey, look at you he said, you can't laugh that shit off. He's like, she's not with me. <laughs> he said, the black woman like, I'd rather for you not get no pussy. You got fucking a white woman. He said, fuck you. I'm fucking her. You know, and then, but the one that really gets me, he says, uh, don't ever marry a, a white woman from California. And he said, sister's like, well, you don't need to marry no white woman anyway, nigga. Why should you be happy? <laughs> I like that the shit kill Why should, should you, you be, be happy? happy? What the uh, fuck? I like the one he did. Uh, what about you get dressed to go out and the white woman's like, okay, have fun. Yeah. And then you do that to a sister, she get dressed with you. She said, shit, where are we going? He said, you do that to a black woman, the bitch start dressing too. Like, yeah, me too, nigga. Shit. <laughs> you got crazy motherfucker. You uh, going out. Hey. <laughs> to get that head moving. Yeah, but your mama going to hear about this. <laughs> he said, she start, yeah, that's a good one. She uh, start dressing too. Oh, it's such a great one. Have fun. That is such a white woman thing. I love you so much. What's the, what's the white thing we said that when white people, when you bring up something that they don't want to? Oh, no, no, we won't have any of that. <laughs> no, the one about, uh, what can I tell you? Well, what can I tell you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, when you prove your point, they go, huh? what can I tell you? Oh, what can I tell you? <laughs> I love that one. That shit is so funny. And the second one is, because Paul Mooney closed his shows every night with street jokes, but he would Mooney-eyes them. And we all love a good street or dad joke because they're so stupid, they're funny. Um, do you have a go-to street joke you like to fuck with people with? No. And that's our show. I, don't, <laughs> I really don't. I don't know, like, joke book jokes or street jokes. I don't know those kind of jokes. I know it's sad. I don't really know. You had a very deprived life. 
people. You know, too many white people. Oh, white people. No. <laughs> They're like, I don't, do I have a dent in the middle of my... Nope. So I haven't been around that many white people. That's true. Remember the dent? Yeah, the dent. Yeah. And I got, yeah, black people get that dent in the middle of their eyebrows. Yep. They'd be around too many white people. Yep. Because that dent come from them going, what the fuck you just said? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck did he just say? That? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, hell no! <laughs> did this motherfucker... What did you say? Did you just say what I think he said? <laughs> That's that dent, everybody remember. Yep. If you white and you got a black friend, check that dent out. And you know exactly who the fuck they came around with. What does a black do? Oh, shit. <laughs> My favorite is they go, oh, hell no. Oh, hell no. And the jewelry and clothing and wigs and shoes start coming off. <laughs> oh, no, he did. Hell no. Uh-uh. Oh, no, you did. <laughs> I love that Like <laughs> 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 the fat white bitches. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Tell everybody here uh, where they can find you on the social and if you have any big shows coming up. Uh, Prophet Teddy on Instagram. That's Prophet with P P R He's P R O P H E T. He's all P R O fitted. O P H E T Teddy. Uh, and Teddy Smith on social uh, with Facebook. And the uh, my movie comes out, The Wild Girls, this summer. I will post it on Instagram and Facebook. And it's a really good movie. And I'm starring in it with two other women. Lydia Pence and Callie Scalari. And as soon as that movie premieres, I'm gonna be like, you like them white girls, don't you? Not anymore. <laughs> All right, and that's been our show, everybody. Thanks for watching Old School New School Comedy. Please be sure to follow us on Instagram at Old School New School Comedy. And you can follow me also at Christy Miller Comedy on all the socials. And uh, you know, so Get on the fucking socials, like us, subscribe to us, and share the show. We love you. See you next week, bitch.